Okay, we are in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Peret Tesvav, Pasuk Aleph, Uvishnat Shmona Esrei Lamelech Yeruvam Ben Nevada. So, we are seeing that the first generation, as it were, of the kings of the secessionist ten tribes, Yeruvam Ben Nevat, and the king of Yehuda and Binyamin, Rehoboam, have passed from the scene. And now you have the second generation of those kings, their children, and we will observe if there are any differences in the seemingly downward slide that both kingdoms seem to be experiencing. Um, just let me say this as a preface. We're going to see today, very interestingly, the fourth time in a row that this pasuk has been used as follows. I'm going to paraphrase. Like, the yeser divrei rechavam, we learned yesterday, and the rest of the things of rechavam, his history, the cholasher osa, everything he did. Halohem al-kesuvim al-sefer divrei hayomim l'malcha Yehuda. If you want more historical detail, go to divrei hayomim. So it's interesting, it's almost time, not quite, for us to have a discussion, is what is Divrei Hayomim? How is it different? How is it the same? When was it written? When was it written, etc. All right, it's written much later. It is written uh, in the Golos Bavel, at the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. It couldn't have been written later than the Navi, otherwise it wouldn't be mentioned. Yes. Oh, um, except the Navi's written later. Also, the Yirmiyahu writes this at the end of the first temple. So we're going to see that, for the most part, for a long time, Divri HaYomim was dismissed as sort of irrelevant, just a repeat of the Navi. There were differences of nuances, and there was differences of emphasis, but nobody really paid much attention to it. It was the Abarbanel that kind of brought it to the attention. And it is much more than that, as we're going to see. It's much more than, you know, slight nuances and everything. It has a totally different agenda. There are places where it doesn't mention incidents that are seismic in Malachim. For example, there's no mention of Batsheva. Batsheva was almost the downfall of David, changed the whole shape of his malchus, doesn't mention her. Shlomo, there's a passing sentence to his marriage to the daughter of Paro. It changed his whole regime. Why the difference in emphasis? It's not for today. But we're going to see where it does appear today and completely expands the narrative. So, we begin. The 18th year of his reign, he is to reign 21 years. Um, now we shift to Yehuda. Avion takes over the kingship of Yehuda. Do not confuse Avion with Avia, that very sick, tragic son of um, Yeruvam. This is Aviyam. So, Shaloshanim Malach Yerushalayim. He reigns for three years. B'shem Imo Macha Bas Avishalom. 
Reigns for three years, and the, his mother is Machab as Abishalom. Do not confuse the Abishalom. It is Avshalom. She is the daughter of Avshalom. She is a very wicked, terribly influential in the wrong ways kind of mother, and she is corruptive, etc., as we're going to see. And what he does, Aviyah, he follows the same thing that Rechavim did. And he was not in any way righteous, as was, they say, David Aviv. They mean David, of course, his grandfather. David carried the yoke, or if he wished, the light of Yerushalayim, es benoach harav, ulahamid es Yerushalayim, and strengthened Yerushalayim. Asher osa David es hayashar b'nei Hashem. He did what was righteous in the eyes of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Below saw mikol asher tzibahu. He did not turn away from anything he was commanded, with the exception of the Yavera of Uriah Hachitzi, that was, of course, the husband of Bathsheba. In other words, we still are bringing that up. We learned that at the dedication of the Beis Hamikdash, when Shlomo could not get the gates to open for the Aaron after trying multiple he invokes the name of David, his father. He says, my word, my father is Sidkis, let the gates open, and they do. And this is taken as a public and final scene that David has been granted kapara for the sin of Bathsheba. And here, it's still being brought up, and it's not the only sin he did. Remember the census, the unauthorized census, that they have a three-year devastating famine. But that is what is said. Now, a shift to um, <coughs> If you read the shot of this, this Abiyam had a very undistinguished three-year reign. He did nothing great. He was, in fact, he, he kept the thing going, the Avodah Zarah. He did nothing to retard it. Um, and you would think, that's it, a lackluster three-year reign. Jibri Hayyamim devotes a whole chapter to him, and apparently he is a great military hero. Even before he took the reins of the kingdom, he mounts a battle against Yerubam ben Nevat, where he has 400,000 men, Yerubam has 800,000 men. It is a full civil war in which 500,000 of the tribes of Israel are killed. And Divrei Hayomen portrays him as a gallant, valorous, courageous warrior who changes the dynamics between the two parts, uh, Yehuda and Israel. You would not get this from the Pshah. So, we continue. Um, that's the one person. There were battles between Rechavim uh, and Yerubim. Up till now, as we said yesterday, it looked like as that initially 
Rechavim was talked out of a civil war by the Navi early in the split, and that that was it. They coexisted. They didn't. There was a constant tension in battle, and according, as we just said to Dibri Ayyamin, 500,000 were killed in a war. The yes of Dibri Ayyamin, and now that sentence again. Can, can I ask yes. What is, what is the purpose of these wars? What are they trying to accomplish? I guess to play, destroy the other and take over the whole country. That it's, a, you know, to, to Yerushalayim, it's secessionist. To Yerushalayim, he wants that part of, you know, Yerushalayim and the Malchus. And I guess becoming the eternal king like David was, just to supplant them. And we have again that sentence. You want greater historical detail? Go to Divri Hayyam in Lamafa Yehuda, Umilchama Haysab in Abiyam, Uben Yerubam. That's the only thing it says. And there was a war between Abiyam and Yerubam. We would never know or nothing more. Abiyam passes into history totally lackluster and anonymous after his three year reign. He dies by David. He's buried in Yerushalayim. And now by Yimloch Asa Beno Tachta. And now his son Asa reigns. Asa is going to bring back the golden age, as it were, of Yehuda and Yerushalayim, as we will see. He reigns for 41 years. Molach Asa Yehudah. He takes over in the 21st year of, uh, 20th year of Yerubim. Yerubim has maybe one or two more years to go. But Arbim Shana Molach Yerushalayim. He is in 41 years in Yerushalayim. V'shem Imo Macha Bas Avishalom. Really not his mother, because as we learn, Achiyam's mother, and it's his grandmother, and the reason is sometimes we list the grandmother in the same position as the mother, and two, there was a position, like we would call it today, to use the vernacular, a, a queen mother. She was, uh, that was a position that she held. But, again, do not be fooled by the Abishalom. She was a wicked, terrible, vile woman, who just did Avodah Zorah, she of course corrupted Aviyam, and she will try and corrupt um, Asa, but she did terrible things. Uh, we're going to describe some of the most libidinous, licentious, meretricious, carnal things in terms of Avodah Zorah ever seen in B'nai Israel. She was a wicked, terrible woman, and to her, we're not, they don't cut her any slack like they did yesterday, not Omiha Ammonis. Because not only in the last analysis was an Ammonite. She didn't know better. This woman was a granddaughter of David. And what she did was so corrupt and evil and vile. We're going to see how Asa handles it. Um, he does just what David, his father, of course, this is. Uh, great-grandfather did. <coughs> he removes the immorality, the vile uh, from 
Eretz uh, from Yehuda. By Yosar is called He takes away all the idols, the Apolosora, the icons. The Gamis Macha Imo. Now he's still got to contend with Macha, really his grandmother. That's Macha Imo by Yosar Migvira. He removes her. She apparently had that position of queen mother and had some power to it. He removes her. She had done a thing called a mefletzes to the asherah. I am not going into that, well, what the mefletzes was, but assume it was a totally vile form of avodah He takes it away. By yichros asa es mefletzes, he takes it and he grinds it up by yisro benachal kidron. And he in, in Nachal Kidron because it, it, he just grinds it into ashes. Now the one failing or omission that Asa has in this new golden age, in your Yudali, he didn't take away those bummos, those private bummos that B'nai Israel could do when there was no base Hamikdash but now could not do. He could only do the bamos in the Mizbeah. So every guy, theoretically, not theoretically, they says literally, could have a bum on his roof in his backyard. It was an alternative form of worship when you had to really be at the bama. That one thing he doesn't do. Bamos lo soru, rak levav im Hashem, if his heart was pure, so then why? Why this single omission of the Bamos? Couple of reasons. One, his figuring might have been, a lot of these Bamos were made during periods where you could have made those Bamos, the Heter Bamos. And so they might have continued in his eyes, their Heter, their permissibility. Two, he might have interpreted that now with Jerusalem divided, the kingdom split into two, that it didn't apply the Easter against the Bummos. And maybe it's better that every man had a Bumma and did his legitimate sacrifices to the Kurdish Parhu. Finally, and the parents from say this. Laziness. They just didn't feel like moving the bummos. But that is recorded as his one serious omission. Then, by Yovo as Kutche, Kutche No, no, no. Um, we said that the bummos lo saru. By Yovo as Kutche, Kutche, he takes all the treasures. Where they were is a matter of great conjecture. Some say he had them, others say they were hidden away. Um, and he takes out all the gold and silver and, and utensils. And he takes them out, and so it looks, it is restored. It is a great age of restoration. There is no more Avodazara. And I would just conclude as we started with Jibre Hayamim, because um, it gives, again, a great picture uh, of Vayasas, let me reach you, Perik, Yodalot, Dibri HaYomim, Beis. Vayas Asa HaTov, Vahayoshar, Beinei Hashem HaLokav. He does everything that is good and righteous in the eyes of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Vayasar Es Mizbachos HaNechar He took away the idols 
and the altars of the Avodah Zarah. He breaks the monuments. He levels those terrible trees of the Asherah. And he tells his people of Yehuda, seek out God, the God of your fathers. Do the Torah and mitzvahs. He takes away the idols. And the land is once again quiet and tranquil. Um, conclude with by Yavin Are Mitsura, he builds city of storage for Yehuda, he shocked our as the land is tranquil, it's quiet. The Mo Milchamah, the wars have ended by Shanim Ha'ela, Kehiniach Hashem Lo, because the spirit of Kaddish Baruch who rests upon him, it is truly a golden age. And lest you think it's going to last forever, 8.45 a.m. Monday morning. Well, it can't be a golden age, really, because Israel is split in 